But I love sex. I love it. Can't do shit no more. And I'm blessed. I'm big boned. I'm heavy structured. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Kick it! You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. They call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Dig me tripping up and back down to buy you. I'm the last of the best, they call me the Greedy Man. Hello. Got many clients. Hello, 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 hello. Peekaboo! I see you, motherfucker. <laughs> What's up? Hello. Welcome to the Pope Boys Podcast. I'm that motherfucker. 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 I'm Jody B. And uh, kind of had a change of plan today to my, my normal routine. As you can tell, it's a beautiful Sunday here in... Uh, central Arkansas and uh, the weather's been pretty nuts it's uh, currently 65 degrees outside and it is December the 3rd yeah pretty crazy anywho the baby uh, decided not to take a nap yesterday therefore I did not have any time to get my shit together and so coming to you a day late and a dollar short but the good news is, uh, if I would have uploaded yesterday, you would have just gotten uh, like a greatest hit. Not a greatest hits, but like a cutting room floor. I have an episode that I've kind of had canned for a while, just in case I needed it. And uh, since I got to record with a guest last night, you don't have to wait a week to hear the shit. Yay! So, my guest is one Mr. S. Anthony Thomas. Now... If you've been around any of my circle on Twitter, I know you've done come across this fool because he's been on quite a few shows. He's logged almost 300 episodes of his own show, the S. Anthony Says Podcast. And um, he's a funny guy. He's been a comedian for 30, 32 years. And uh, that's that's impressive. So when I offered... Uh, to have him on I just I said man I would love to talk to you and S. Anthony Thomas did not let me down so tonight we're going to go all over the place we're going to talk about some stuff that's kind of in the work on my end we're going to talk about what he's been up to his show we really we, we run the gamut and uh, you'll have to forgive me uh, there is some, some background noise we had company and uh, at one point late in the episode somebody's baby starts hollering and by the time I went to figure out what had happened, the kid was outside with everybody. And I said, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, we do good on this one. Uh, had a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to speaking with him again in the future. And I hope you all will, uh, you know, enjoy. It, it was a good episode. I think we definitely covered a lot of fun topics. And uh, hopefully we won't disappoint. 
So, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you it's Anthony Thomas. If you work too hard and you need a little rest, try my Easy Life Rub or put some of my Bones Fix Jam in your breakfast. Try a little bit of... All right. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, man. And you're coming in beautifully. Well, with this voice, man. Come on. It's good. It's silky. It's sensual. With these smooth tones. (laughs) Picking it up. I'm picking it up like a satellite. It's just bam right there on the audacity meter. I just want to let you know right now, just just for full full disclosure, um, I saw your video with your son. Yeah, <laughs> and he uh, he actually uh, he actually called me and uh, gave me a better offer to do his show. He did, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't and I was like, no, nah, I, I made a promise to your dad. I can't just dump him. <laughs> so uh, what we're gonna have to do is this show is gonna have to be like eleven minutes because the kid's getting ready to. Uh... <laughs> See, the thing is, he's very pushy, and I think he gets that from his mama. And I can appreciate the fact that you have to make that decision, but you know what? I'm going to let you ride with it because he's a lot more entertaining than me at the end of the day. Shit. <laughs> What's going to be more entertaining is the fact that you just said that about your wife, and I hope you aren't recording yet because... Uh... <laughs> two things. Number one, I'm always recording. And number two, oh. she knows. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They, they know everything. You can't hide anything from them. She knows. Even if you think you can. Man, she knows some of those worst personalities. That's how you know uh, when the kid is being a real asshole. This when they become your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, it's, yes. it's her kid when he's sweet and says, I love you and all this stuff. But when he's throwing shit and breaking stuff and stomping through the house, then he's my kid all of a sudden. So I don't know how that works. Well, well, that, that's, that's, a, that's a standard operating procedure from what I understand. I don't have any kids. Uh, but that's standard operating procedure uh, because even though I don't have kids, I get that's your nephew uh, when <laughs> when he does something. I'm like, hey, hold it a second. I'm just the uncle. You can't be trying to, <laughs> trying, to dump, trying to dump little suckers on you. So I got to ask because I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen to enough of your shows to know enough about you to know kind of your age range. Uh, yes. How did you make it that long without having kids? You just that good of a shot, bro? Yeah, I can hit the target from across the room. <laughs> so I've heard it gets a little more, you know, you hit your feet more often when you get up in that 50 range. That's, you know, I know you're not there, but I'm saying you're probably closer saying, to it than me. And yeah, I'm that's, still... that's, uh, that's next year, damn it. I'm 49 and I'm going to milk this 40s crap for as much as I can, damn it. So I'm trying to push me over. To the... <laughs> Bro. <laughs> trying to push me over. It, it, the fun, the thing about it is, is that as I, I've lived with ladies before, and I've jumped on top of a bunch of women, obviously, because I'm 49 years old. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, I I was like, look, if I have a kid, I'm gonna do it on purpose. Yeah, I don't want any surprises. I don't want to get because I've I've broken up with people, and they seem nice, and then when either even when they break up with you, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. why are you mad at me? You yeah, drop me. You. you know- Drop me, you know. So why are you throwing stuff at me? Get out, get out! And all of a sudden you go, all right. And then we saw like apples, bottles, <laughs> shoes, hairbrushes. <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, what the hell are you doing? No, see, see, you cheated, and then you broke up with me. And I said, all right, I'm out of here. And then you. So imagine if I had a kid with that person. Oh, man. That's tough. That's what I tell anybody, and it's the only little piece. I'm only 30, so I understand I don't have a whole lot of just big chunks of wisdom to be dropping on folks. But the one thing I tell people is if you're going to have a kid with somebody, you better make sure you love them and make sure that you can sit in a room and talk to them because I promise you're going to spend more time with that person than you could possibly imagine if you do it properly. Now, you can be an asshole and not take care of your baby, but if you're going to do it right, you need to be able to sit down and have a conversation with another human being, that being your baby mama. I can't have anybody around me that I can't have a conversation with. <laughs> it's like friends otherwise. Because if, if, if you can't even do that, then what the hell are they there for? You want to you have somebody to stare at? <laughs> you Dude, know what I mean? Now it's the cell phone. People just, you know, they balls deep in their cell phones. They don't even know how to speak to another person anymore. Like it's a lost art, man. And I did it for so long that I love it. I love talking to people. I love getting into stuff. And I'll say some stupid off the wall question. And you had to sit there and think for a minute. But then you tell me something that from years ago that you had forgotten about. It's one of my favorite things when somebody has that revelation and they go, oh, man, you want to know what? That one time I did do that shit. And it's just it goes from there. I love it. It's my favorite part of podcasting. That it will see. That's the thing that people don't understand about about this particular art form is the simple fact that, you know, I, I think the best ones, the ones I enjoy the most, and it's it's really weird. Is when I when I would I live with uh, a lady uh, before I moved moved move with this girl in California, she lived about a half an hour, maybe thirty five minutes away from me, and I would drive to her. But the thing was, that's a long ride, you know, when there's a naked woman on the other end of it. Yeah. And I didn't have a jet airplane or a helicopter. So <laughs> so you have to something do something to kill the time getting there. And I would listen to these dudes and these ladies who would do these these uh these late night radio programs and the first 30 to 45 minutes of the show was just them talking to the audience about what they did. It, and it was really cool. And I noticed that I like that part of the show yeah. way more than I like the game. Guests, because sometimes let's be honest. If you have a great guest, good. But if the guest sucks, <laughs> you know you're in trouble. Now, see, and podcasting gives you that. You've done almost 300 episodes, and you know what? I kind of did a disservice, ladies and gentlemen. The sultry sounds that you're hearing in your ear hole right now is that of one Mr. S. Anthony Tom. If you don't know, you better ask somebody or Google this motherfucker right now to understand what kind of brilliance we have on the line. Is a uh, uh, a long, long road dog of a comedian, just all around awesome dude doing his podcast. You got almost three hundred episodes logged. You a BAMF in my book, man. That's that's crazy. I didn't even realize it. For, and thank you for the intro. I'm glad you read that because I wrote that for his ass. Because <laughs> he was just going to say S. Anthony Thomas. I said, "Fuck that. Read this shit, <laughs> man." <laughs> I'm so but, glad. But, but you, only, you only realize you, you. I didn't realize I was at 300 until I got around two, 260. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it goes quick. Do you do just once a week, or I know you've been doing it for what four or five years? You said so. Have uh, you been doing steady it's, it's one a week before. or more than one? And when I started, when I started, I started doing it in 2013. Yeah, and I did short ones because I, did, I I didn't know whether I wanted to do it or not, and I was actually with another provider, and um and I did I did a, a couple of seven minutes and a couple of fifteen minutes. 
Then I did a couple of ones that were 20 minutes, and I would do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay. Three 20-minute episodes. But then people started emailing me, and they would go, I missed one. Or I, I saw, I heard this one, but I didn't hear that one. Could you put them in, could you just do it for one episode? And I kept getting emails like that, and I went, all right. <laughs> you know, so on episode 113, I decided I was going to do it once a week for roughly 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And the numbers went up. You know, it started, people started, because now people just grab the whole thing and listen to it when they want to instead of trying to grab the, this one and that one and this one and that one. So, I mean, your your show is about an hour usually, and it's a couple segments and you put little kind of intro out. Usually it's static, right? In between just little bumpers that you'll do. Yeah, I found a, a static bumper that I liked. <laughs> so do you do you sit down and record an hour or a little more and then chop it up? Or do you do like the original format and just you'll do 20 minutes here and then 20 minutes on Tuesday and then 20 minutes on Thursday and then cut it all together to make one episode? Uh, I put it together during the course of the week. And then what I do is on Sunday, I'll record the whole thing. Okay. It's not bad. So you're uh, actually taking notes throughout yeah, the week. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have, I have a, and I write down what I want to talk about in little bullet points and little outlines, and then I'll see which ones I want to use because I have, I'll have way more than I need. Yeah, and I'll pick the ones that I want to use. And, and and the funny thing about it is, what started to happen was I would sketch out something I wanted to do, and then as I'm, I, I would come back from the super, and I start, I, I usually go shopping on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I come back from the supermarket, and I'm going. Yeah, I'm not doing that. And then I'll just turn on the microphone. <laughs> I can appreciate having a And whatever note. I was thinking about that moment, you know, it's on. Yeah, well, it happens to me because I always wonder, you know, I think that my my conversation, the actual show, the meat and potatoes is usually pretty good. But the part that kind of fumbles me up is the intro outro because it's just me sitting here rapping about some shit. And what sucks is sometimes, you know what I'm talking, you'll be in the mood, you got some shit on your mind, you'll sit down here, you'll rattle out 20, 30 minutes like it's nothing. But the problem is, is with having the baby, you know, he messes up the schedule a lot. So then I'll get frustrated about something or I have to deal with him for an hour. Then I lose that, that train of thought or I lose that spark. And then I come in here and I have shit to talk about. I put my episode up and, and then I just... After the fact, I go, oh, shit, I wanted to talk about this thing. And then I'll, you know, maybe next week I'll talk about it or whatever. But I find myself, unless I'm in the pocket, like right then, it's hard to kind of fire up on some shit unless it's something that's fresh on my mind, you know? I know exactly what you're talking about, and I feel exactly the same way because I have so many other things that I have to do during the course of the week yeah. that it becomes really, really difficult. There was a point early on where uh, and, I, and people – thought I was doing this to be to be weird I literally took my recorder in the car <laughs> and strapped the lapel mic on myself and I was actually podcasting while I was driving or podcasting when I would pull over someplace like if I was taken to a relative to the hospital or something yeah and I knew I would be outside I would just and then people were going did you really record that in your car and I'm like yeah it's sure the only did. place I could do it <laughs> how are the acoustics in, in the uh, what is it it's the mighty Toyota Camry right the mighty, the mighty, the mighty Toyota you gotta, Camry. You got to put some bass in your voice. The <laughs> mighty Toyota Camry. <laughs> Does it got good yeah, acoustics? For... <laughs> That's right. 
No, um, I do some recording in like my work truck. If I get bored or I hear something, I might record a little something. And uh, I've got a few other shows mm-hmm. that I'll contribute. Shout out, listening party podcast. I do some singing and shit mm-hmm. like that. But it's it's good acoustics oh, in the hey. car. Surprisingly, um, this room mm-hmm. is terrible acoustics because all the walls are flat. There's nothing on them. So I mean, uh, I have to go through and probably noise reduce at least three times before this thing actually hits the. Oh the SoundCloud because it's just background noise. Just, whoo, yeah, you're amazed at how much noise is happening that you don't even register because it's just a steady, you know, a constant noise in your ear. I'm good for two reductions, uh, two reductions myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody <laughs> finally be, showed me how to do myself, it. Because it's the same, it's the same problem. It just bounces all over the place in there. Yeah. Well, that's somebody had to constructive criticize and, you know, at first, you maybe you don't want to hear that shit, but when then you listen to it and then you listen to other podcasts and you go, yeah, that's what I really love about the other podcasts I listen to, the static background hum and buzz of wires touching together. And, you know, then somebody says, hey, man, you oh, can take right. that out. <laughs> you just go do this and then you learn and now you know how to do it. It will drive you nuts. It just it, it really does, because uh, my first podcasting recorder was I was like a little uh tiny recorder it's, it's a decent recorder i just didn't have the right microphone for it a little pocket recorder was about the size of two of your finger three like three fingers and i would record stand up when i would be working on new material Damn. and i wanted and I, I recorded with that and it didn't sound that bad until i got real recorders right and then you go back and listen and you're going oh <laughs> surprisingly oh, I, surprisingly i've done okay i've recorded a couple like open mic sets and uh mm-hmm. they're not they're not bad but i also have to take into consideration i was very choosy about the attire that i wore so that mm-hmm. the first time i wore like coveralls so i was able to put my phone in my you know how like coveralls will have that bib in the front mm-hmm. with the little pockets i actually put my phone in mm-hmm. there so i got really good sound on that but the second time i put it on mm-hmm. the stool and so it wasn't quite as good you can hear but it's you can definitely tell like a difference between just having it right under your you know right under your chest versus two feet over on a on a stool it doesn't work as good i am so i am such a stool guy at open mic nights when I used to go to those, I was this. I was. I would take a stool with me. Uh, <laughs> I would go grab a stool from the bar, and then I would take it on stage. And it, see, some people try to hide the microphone. I didn't give a damn. I put that microphone right there, and because you, you could hear. And another thing happened. Blah blah blah. You're doing a joke, and you hear that sound. That crunch. That sound of the wood on the on the on the stage going. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I'm not recording. It's, people go. Isn't that bothering? I'm going, I'm, dude. I'm not recording an album. Yeah. I'm going to listen to this, see what works, write it down. Whatever sucks, I'm going to throw it into the trash can, and I'm going to tape right over it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I had one time. I had the same back when you need cassette tapes with your young self. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I know what a cassette tape is. Don't do me. I'm on. I'm 30. I'm not 20. <laughs> I know exactly what a cassette tape yeah, is. Yeah. Okay. Man. Good. In my day. Yeah. <laughs> But 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 the thing about it is is that uh, you know, with the digital stuff, I mean, it, it's it's really weird. Even if you have a, a recorder that's not that good, yeah. If you put a, a a decent microphone and plug a decent microphone in it, I was surprised at how much better 
the damn sound was, even with that little tiny mic. Because I, 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 I was thinking at some point I'm going to have to podcast from uh, from my phone at some point uh, because I'm going to be going to be moving around a lot more than I am now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and the funny thing about it is I was listening to some some big time podcast. And I was listening to it, and and the guy was just saying, "Look, uh, I'm on the road right now. <laughs> I'm recording this through my phone, so excuse the excuse the uh, excuse the quality." And then he just went on with it. And I've heard really, really big time podcasts. I mean, like people that get in the millions when they're interviewing somebody on the phone. It just it's just a dude or a lady on the phone, and it's obvious they took their recorder, sat it on the table, unplugged the microphone, and just recorded the the speakerphone. Yeah. And I'm going, well, I can't, there's no reason to really beat yourself up if you really think about it. As long as people like what you're, what you're saying and they enjoy you, uh, even if the quality dips a little bit, if you just tell them up front, look, I was on the road, I was using my phone, but I wanted to catch this interview or I wanted to podcast about this and I didn't want to mess up my schedule, people will go, okay. That's it. You just <laughs> have to let them know up front. Say, listen, the sound on this sucks donkey balls, but it's my shit. So here, take it. And they go, all right, then just don't let them be surprised. I think that's yeah. a very big point. You just let people know what they're in for and everybody goes along with it. Mm-hmm. I saw that in a movie one time. I Damn think it was, right. what was it? Uh, okay, here we go. This was the dark Knight. You remember the dark Knight with Batman and Heath Ledger and Heath Ledger was, a, yes. was the oh, Joker. That's, that's the best one. That's the best hands down. Best Joker. You can't top that one. No, I, I'm a fan of Tim Burton's Batman, but I think that they did that, that very well. And I applaud you, Heath Ledger. Rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. He said in there, and I don't know how big of a, a fan you are, but I kind of hang on to really insightful shit from movies. And he said, it's amazing how, and mm-hmm. I, maybe it's not the right quote, but he says, it's amazing what people will go along with if it's part of the plan. Like, even if it's something terrible, if you tell them what the plan is, people don't freak out. It's when, you know, the complete, un, you know, unscheduled shit happens when people are chaos and everything else but if you say listen i'm gonna blow some shit up you know people will uh not react as harshly because it's part of the plan i think people uh, most people want to follow something if you give them something to follow they will do that uh that's you know it's like a political politics entertainment like you see people that that want to want to fist fight you. You know what? I really enjoy Michael Jackson, but I'm really more of a Prince fan. What? Yeah. You get out of my house. How dare you? Get out of my house. <laughs> you know, and and vice versa. <laughs> How dare you? You know, same thing with uh, you know, with I've seen I I I saw I had to drag a friend out of a bar in Philly, uh, back when this in the '80s when the six the Sixers and the Celtics were beating each other's brains out. Yeah, yeah. And he went into. He went into an area of the, it's called South Philadelphia. That's where all the sports complexes are. And he has to take off the Celtics jersey. Anybody going to do anything? 15 minutes later, <laughs> I had to drag him out of the bar. I had to take his jacket off and throw it in the trash can oh, while the people man. ran by. Then I had to dig his trash out of the trash can and went in the other direction. And so I'm sitting there going, they, 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 these guys going to whip his ass because he had a Celtic. I mean, just, just trash talk. But they were so it was so oh yeah, you know. And but but the thing and but the thing is that's a bad thing in some ways, but in in some ways it's a good thing because if you give some people some things to follow that are good, you know, uh, uh, like uh, like what um 
like I'm, I'm losing weight now, but there was a point where I was in really good shape when I lived in Los Angeles. I didn't even re- remember getting in good shape because everybody around me was eating healthy. Everybody yeah. around me was working out. And I just kind of fell into the habit of working out. And the next thing I know, I'm standing in the mirror and I got a damn six pack and I, I don't know where the hell it came from. <laughs> you know, I just followed them, you know, even though I'm more, you know, I'm not really a follower by trade, but at that point I was. And then that, at that point, it actually worked out that I followed something good. I wish it happened more with a lot of things nowadays, like better things, because it seems like a lot of the ugly shit is what you see people, you know, really attack. Like you said, politics. I'm the only social media I get into is Twitter. And I mean, any given moment you can get on there and you can just find hundreds of people losing their their minds, talking crazy shit to strangers on the Internet with no face and just. The things that I read on a daily basis, it makes my skin crawl because I I said, okay, Mm -hmm. I understand that there are robots out there and little weird fake Twitter things that will type crazy shit. But there's also real people that type crazy shit. And then there's some other dude who will hop on and go, yeah, and it just it turns into this snowball of hate and racism and sexism and it's disgusting. <laughs> I don't like it at all, man. It, I, I don't even know what to say to it. I just walk on. I, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird because I, I've gotten to the point where I've been on Twitter since 2009. And in the beginning, I didn't even understand because like, there were people that were on the hope from the beginning. Yeah. And they kind of understood Twitter at the time. I, I did. I, at first, I went, what is this crap? 140 characters, two sentences. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people talking about what they had for dinner. What is this crap? And I tweeted something, and somebody that back remember manual retweeting, <laughs> right? When they would just type out some of your crap, and, and said there was no retweet button at the time. And somebody took one of my tweets, and to make it fit, took out the, the second half of what I said, and made it sound like I said something that I didn't say. And I turned on my damn computer, and you would I'm sitting there going, ding, the ding, 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 hell is ding. It? <laughs> <You> stupid motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting slammed. I mean, people that don't know me, people from different countries are like, yeah, mother. People. Yeah, you ain't nothing, but you're stupid. You should die, your mother effing. Talking about and your mama, going, your grandmama, your daddy, just laying into you like uh, nails. Just pat, 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 pat. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. But the, but the thing is, I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. I'm used to the things you see when people are trolling people online. As a comedian, you get the same stuff, but they're there. Yeah. So, so it's like, you think I care what somebody says about me on the internet when I'm used to a person being there? Yeah. A person can walk up to you. I don't like that thing you said. Now, I don't really do controversial stuff to begin with. I usually talk, do you know talk about observational stuff to be honest with you and tell stories. So no one really gives me a hard time. Yeah. Like that, but. I, I'm used to, you know, hecklers. A heckler is 10,000 times worse, and I don't really get heckled that often, but a heckler is 10,000 times worse than some chump uh, trying to call you a, a racial name on the internet. I'm going, I'm 49 years old. Do you really think you're the first person to call me that? Yeah, you're not You're not fresh. <laughs> you're not coming upset. up with shit. <laughs> I, I, laugh, I laugh at some of these people because it, it, here's the thing. Trolls, if you, if, you, if you ignore them, you'd be surprised at how many of them get tired. It's like a, a fighter that tries to knock you out in the first round, but you can take a punch. Right. 
it's like a UFC fight. You see those UFC fighters in the heavyweight division. When you see a guy that looks like the size of a house, and then there's a regular size guy, everybody's afraid that the giant's gonna knock us out. Nah, he man. throws a bunch of punches in the first round, and then in the second round, the smaller nothing. guy gets off the stool, and he's he's dancing around, and the other guys is going, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and the next thing you know, it's over. <laughs> he walks over and chokes him out. Same thing. The problem is, it takes a lot of oxygen to work them muscles. <laughs> you know, and you damn right, oxygens eat muscles. Yeah, and and the stupidity eats time. <laughs> I don't I don't understand what makes people like how long have you been a comedian as Anthony Thomas sir uh so let's see 86 that'll be uh, 32 years in January holy balls you've been a comedian longer than I've been alive you damn right <laughs> you've been a fucking I had two oh my god I had two years in <laughs> when you were born sucker that is ridiculous <laughs> Oh man, so okay, so hecklers. That's something that I I'm trying to think. I've watched a lot of heckler videos online. I've seen mm-hmm. some of the crazy sh- just people screaming stuff out of the show, and I get why. Mm-hmm. They just want attention. Just like you. I mean, the difference is is you've got the balls mm-hmm. to get on stage and talk in front of people. They don't. So, you know, mm-hmm. fuck them. They need to uh, grow a pair and and do their own stuff. Stop trying to steal my thunder, man. Don't make me come down there and crush you. Uh, <laughs> and some of those comedians are really good at it. But I guess it's part of crowd work, too. Like, maybe you learn how to, to massage an audience and you find the, the, the problems. And have you ever kicked a lot of people out? You ever have to get into that at all? No. No. I'll tell you why. And this is this is this is an interesting thing that happened because I started doing it when I was seventeen years old. I was just a kid. I literally had just turned seventeen. Yeah. Um, I started watching the comics that would attack the audience really viciously. Yeah. Would say bad things about the people, attack them, and I would watch. And in the beginning, what happens is if the per if the person's just being sometimes the heckler's not that big of a deal because. They're just an over-enthusiastic audience member. If that's all it is, all you got to do is smile at them, give them a wink, and they'll cool. They'll stop because they're like, oh, he acknowledged me, and they won't even do anything else. Right. The ones that are, are nasty, um, a lot of times what I started to do, I, I would see people attack them viciously. And I never really liked that because they, they, they're turning you into something that you're not, and they're making you look bad to the other members of the audience. The, the yeah, audience, yeah. if you attack that person too much – the audience is now going to separate them and think of that person as part of them and you're the other. They, but it's uh, really not that way. So I learned how to take that person and Aikido the bastard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I've aikido so many of those guys that they can't, you know, they're like, you ain't nothing. And I would just come back with them and I deflect in a play way or play with them a little bit. And I've had people that were that heckled people off the stage, try to heckle me off the stage. And an hour and a half later, after I'm done, they're standing next to me asking me, can they take a picture? Yeah. Well, can I tell you, um, and I, I know this is a lot of other people's opinions, so I'm not original in this thought, but I've heard this brought up and I've seen this said a bunch of times. And I think every time I watch it, I feel like a little more kind of inspired like to see somebody like a master doing the, the uh, Hakido, like you said, Bernie Mac, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. That set at the was it the Apollo or was it Def Jam? It was one of those things. I remember that was Def Comedy Def Comedy Jam. Def Jam Hamburger Jones. Yeah, he went up there and ate a dick. Yeah. 
and everybody was just saying, "Burn! It ain't gonna be good, man. These these cats are fucking just shooting people down." And he walked out there and he let them know. He said, "I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Hit me! You don't understand. I just." He was a person who, on video, and that's what's crazy is it's it's documented. You can watch it. It's a man who has a love for his craft and does not give a fuck what you think about it. He knows he's funny. He knows it works. And he's going to stuff his comedy down your throat, whether you like it or not. And you're going to laugh. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah, one of my favorite sets, man. Yes, it's like... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I still pull that out on YouTube and watch it every once in a while. It's it's almost, you don't understand. You don't I ain't understand. Afraid, I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, and every time he said it, he got a little louder. He got a little bit more confidence. It's almost like like a transformation. Like you see somebody finally mm-hmm. realize, like it don't matter what you think. This is about me. This is my stuff, and you don't have to like it. <laughs> And it's it's awesome. Man. The thing is, he works some rough places, and and if you decide to do it more, what'll happen is you'll start working the clubs. But the clubs are, are are one thing, and what happens some what happens is other times is you'll start to work bars, and I work bars and strip clubs. Yeah, right. So, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, let's just say when the lady was is jiggling her her ass. And she walks off, and that was candy. And now here's a 19 year old who wants to talk about stuff. It's like here's some punk ass kid who's the same same the same age as your son who's going to talk about stuff like you care. And you, and uh, but once you figure out how to work that, yeah, that's a uh, tough spot, bro. That was a, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the first, and here's the thing: I had to come out between each girl. Yeah, yeah. So you're basically you're MCing, right? So you're in between. Yeah. Uh, or or getting victimized, whatever you want to call it. Oh uh, man. <laughs> How about- saw some titties, and now some punk ass kids gonna come back out and talk about some stuff again. Get out of here, gotcha. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like, so did you do crowd work for that, or did you do material for that? Uh, well, I thought I was gonna do material. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, I was a, I was a stupid kid, and then I walked out. I was like. These guys don't want to hear that crap. So I just started talking about what they just saw and then breaking their stones. And two hours later, okay, that was a girl who just shot eggs out of her butt. And here's the kid. Yeah, come on, kid, what you got? Look at you. You should be at home with your children. (laughs) But you're sitting here throwing money. Shame on you. I don't even have a joke. (laughs) You're a disgrace. Get out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what happens. It's like, it's like Bernie Mac had, had gone through the vicious gauntlet of the nightclubs and the strip clubs. Once you've done that it's for sh- years and years and years, your skin is so damn thick to criticism that it's like you walk on stage and go, you don't understand. I ain't afraid of you motherfuckers. Why does he say that? Because he probably saw what we all saw. Yeah. Well, I'm not afraid of you. Y'all don't have knives and guns like the people I, I used to see in the, in the clubs. Yeah. You know, you're not going to stab me in the parking lot this is a tv studio i ain't afraid of you people <laughs> you know and so and in addition to that he was one of the best that's ever done it oh man and it's i think in that sense it's you know too they, they say the microphone is power and that's the deal with a heckler mm-hmm. is a heckler disturbs the power and in that situation bernie mac lets you know you can't have the power this is my power 
<laughs> it's not an option. And You're damn it's, right. <laughs> it's amazing to, to that's see. That's the thing I don't understand, though. It's like when you get to us, when you, is the people that come to the club and you know there's 300 or so people there, they all want it to be successful. They, I mean, because they, they spend whatever it costs to get in and they want you to a restaurant going, I hope this shit is nasty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want it to taste good. And so they go club and they want to go and that's why when you get the hecklers it, it doesn't have see people are afraid of it but it really doesn't happen as much as people think it does it really yeah. just doesn't and i'm telling you if you if you go on i'm telling you it's like five percent of the time well now wait a minute you know and, and, and of that five percent ninety percent of them you can swat out like a fly easily it's not really that big of a deal but it, but when you collect them on youtube it looks like people are just you know, want to heckle you to death, but it doesn't happen as much as people think it does. You've been doing comedy for 30 plus years. So, I mean, you probably would have a decent understanding of it. Like, was it worse back in the day? Does it seem like it's gotten to be less now? Because I understand that comedy kind of comes in waves. If we're just being honest, that mm-hmm. there's been a couple very obvious waves in comedy, uh, you know, just throughout, say, the last 30 years. Booms, if you will, where people emerge and mm-hmm. then you have them, you move on two or three years it's kind of whatever and like right now we're in, in a huge bubble of comedy like comedy is hot as shit right now everybody's doing everything and it's amazing i love it there's so many different places to you know to find it but like have you seen a change since you've done it this long like changes in hecklers changes in crowds changes in you know just attitudes in general towards comedy like has it been something noticeable or have you just kind of just drifted into it and now it's all just the same it's a lot different. Uh, in eighty, when I started in eighty six, January of eighty six, comedy in, in my hometown, Philadelphia, was the, so freaking hot in this in that area. Yeah, in Philadelphia, New Jersey, um, Delaware, Baltimore. My, it was so damn hot. I mean, literally, there were people like you know, like when people were, would go to to do something on the weekends, and we had two A rooms right next to each other. Um, but when people wanted to go see something, they looked at comedy first, then movies. They wanted to see us first. And there were comedy clubs everywhere. As many as you see now, multiply that by four. Because I'm telling you, if a, if, if, a bar, if, if a bar had more than 15 stools in it, there was going to be a microphone in there. I've done, I've done comedy in bars, nightclubs, gas stations, bowling alleys. <laughs> you know, abandoned so restaurants outside. They had it everywhere, and the audiences just loved it. And so it was it was a new, fresh thing at that point. What happened is after a while, it's not the new toy anymore, and it just becomes just something to do. Right. It's not this big deal anymore. You know, it's like a new car comes out, it's the hottest car, and then it's just a very good car. And so, but now we're back to that cycle again, like in '86, where you see clubs popping up. And there's a lot of comics, and the difference is now is all these a lot of these people that you see now would have never gotten a chance because there was no internet, there was no Netflix. Because yeah. Netflix is dropping, I think what uh, seventy five specials a day. A lot of specials on <laughs> right? Netflix, you know? man. And, a lot of them. Yeah, so so it's one of those type of things where you're getting to see a lot of these different people. The the, the plus is a lot of people are getting an opportunity. The downside is there's so many of them yeah. that even though they're, they're getting an opportunity, they're still, still going to get drowned out by all the other people coming in at the same time. There has to be a happy medium between putting out a lot of stuff 
stuff and putting out too much stuff. If you put out 500 specials, did you really put out any specials? Right. You know, if you put it's out not 50, special, that's if it's 500, if you put out 500. Yeah, it's the, you, it's you the whole point is the special. So it's supposed to be a couple of them, not 500, you know. And it's quality yeah, I mean, versus you know, quantity. Not, you know, I mean, you just, could you could do it yeah, every right. single day, and it it doesn't mean it's going to be good. I mean, I think that's what the podcast forum is good for because this is kind of like your gym. You know, you've got your own personal gym. You can do whatever you want. Nobody can really criticize it, but even you can listen back to it and go, "Well, that ain't funny," and and be able to actually check yourself. <laughs> and that's kind of cool, considering you know you've got your own audience, you've built your own audience, so you can get immediate feedback versus having to wait that two or three days to get into a club and try it out. And uh, that's got to be kind of helpful, just having the ease of getting that immediate feedback now. And, and, and you know what the other thing that's really cool about podcasting? It, 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 see, stand-up is, stand-up is kind of like sculpting, you know, in a way. You know, you, you're trying to create this sculpture, so you got to keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away and chipping away at it. And then you get this, this finished piece, and then you tour with that, and then you start the next sculpture. You know, yeah. I tend to be sculpting two things at the same time, obviously, because like, you know, <laughs> when I'm done with that one, and I already have the next one almost ready to go. Podcasting, you get an opportunity to do literally whatever you want. Because some clubs will say don't curse. Some clubs will say stay away from the politics. Some clubs will say, you know, they'll 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 put on people in front of you that you're like, what is this dude doing? On? You know, yeah. they'll they'll okay, well, we're, we're, we were a little late, so uh, we want you to get off stage at eleven fifteen because the next show. A podcast, you can make the damn show as long as you want. If I wanted to do a three-hour podcast tomorrow, I could do a three-hour podcast. If I want to talk about serious topics, I could talk about serious topics. If I want to interview somebody, I can interview somebody. There's so much flexibility with it that it just makes it interesting. And I noticed, and this is the best part about it is, when people like your podcast, they really <laughs> like your podcast yeah the other side of it is it they don't know you exist or they don't care there's no one like i hate that podcast i must do something against that guy they'll just go that's not for me right and move, and move on, on. <laughs> and the only people that stay are the people that really really like you I you're think... asking a lot of, you're asking a lot from people you're saying give me an hour or two of your time and people are going okay i like you enough i'll give you that hour or two they'll do it because they like you and that has to help with just your confidence and your stage presence too, just to know that, you know what, I, I don't care what y'all think because I have other people that think I'm funny. <laughs> y'all can bite my ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally building a mini kingdom for yourself or a queendom for yourself because, you know, it's, it's one it's just one of those things. You literally can do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. Whatever length you want to do, you can talk about whatever you want to do. You can edit. You can put sound effects in it, and no one can give you notes. It's pretty you awesome. Stand right? up. I remember somebody walking up to me, and, and they give you notes. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the what? hell is this? You know, no. people's never done stand up before giving you notes. Like, what are you talking about over there? So it's funny. I, I'm glad that you've decided to be kind of loose with me this evening, and uh, I know I said something in the video about it. I appreciate the fact that you obviously have been a comic long enough that you were kind of in that range of the clean comedy stuff. And I'm not saying your, your stuff is squeaky clean. I'm sure you can work squeaky clean mm. if you'd like to, but obviously mm -hmm. you have a little bit of an edge too, but you don't go too far and that's gotta be good for you because it makes you more versatile. So that's congratulations. I actually said something to you about it. I go, S Anthony, 
uh, <laughs> I, I say filth, Florin filth, and all kinds of gutter shit because that's what I've heard my whole life, man, and that's how I communicate. So I'm sorry. I'll try to be nice. <laughs> but then you and send I'm, it back. I'm you telling said, you now, if you, <laughs> a lot of my friends are comics. You got to understand the kind of humor that comics that hang around each other do. Yeah, it is the it is the gallows humor is not a way is like like a light version of what comics do and say around each other it's the, it's like sometimes it's the dirtiest filthiest word it's at the point now where i know that there are certain conversations that i've had with my friends that if they happen today my friends would be getting run off of social media because, <laughs> because of some of the stuff they said and they were just kidding but if you recorded it, you know, and so like, because uh, I didn't, I, I don't curse that much, but I don't mind it. And if you were, if you were sitting here right now, we we're having dinner. And I was watching a football game, and something bad. I'm like, what the fuck? And <laughs> I'd be right there like that. Yeah. If something happened, it, it, you know, it's just that I got, I like to, uh, I like to, I like to be as flexible as possible. Because quite frankly, there's there's a, a lot of places that want you to be really really clean. If you do television, yeah, I had to be really really clean. If I do some radio programs, got to be really really clean. My podcast, I will do what the hell, you know, this podcast that I have, I, I actually list my podcast as explicit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do All too. episodes. Yeah, me too. Because that, you know, cause this, this, whole, this, whole, this whole month's why I didn't curse. But, uh, but it's like, who cares? You know, I, I just want people to just, just to go in knowing there's a possibility. And Sam Anthony might say, fuck shit. <laughs> Those words might be in there. Because sometimes I talk about about ex-girlfriends and what did yeah. you do with your ex-girlfriends fuck them yes do you, you, talk, you talk about it that's what happened actually that was you know? one of your uh, topics on your last episode you said you ran into an ex now that's anthony thomas i understand that as a man you are allured to the sweet sweet stank of ladies and and their their powers and all that good stuff but uh how did that go buddy i heard you ran into an ex and you had to give her the old the old what for a lot in a few what a three-day period yeah i i was i, I was that was that was really kind of stupid on my part cause i should have just let her walk away but it's it's really weird <laughs> it's just, you made my fu- you made my fucking back hurt <laughs> i said bro that's just too much god damn <laughs> It's like, it's like, it happened to me a couple of times because you run into the ex and they still like they're from four years, five years ago, so they still look basically the same. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's not like you're not attracted to each other anymore. So I'm driving around doing some other stuff. I run into her and then, oh, you're in a hotel nearby, huh? That's interesting. And how far away is it? Oh, it's about two blocks. Yeah, I'll give you a ride. <laughs> Hello, and the next darkness, thing you know, my old Jed's friend. millionaire. <laughs> I've come to talk to you again. <laughs> Black gold Texas tea. <laughs> Man, you know I've I've only and, had uh, you know times. It's, just, it's just it's just a weird thing because you know I know that like I said I, I would love to get married uh, and, and find somebody cool because I like I'm so damn low maintenance I yeah. really am all I ask you to do is don't hit me don't have sex with somebody else and don't spend so much money I can't pay bills. And I'm done. That's all you got to do, you know. And also uh, give up that delicious buttocks often. But yes, other than yes, and yes. after that, and as I know, having lived with women, that ain't gonna happen. But uh, <laughs> so stay moving. It's yeah, hard. You look at the calendar. We haven't done it in six days. 
it's hard to find. I'll give you that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist because if anything I've learned, there is a, a, a plug for every socket. You know what I'm saying? Like this world we live in nowadays, was mm-hmm. there like uh, 8 billion people, I think, all together? Uh, mm. It's crazy to think that you could even settle down with one person. Now, I love my wife and we're happily married and I, I believe that she has has made a very good situation out of what used to be a very bumpy oh brother i used to i can't even believe sometimes you know how far i've come my damn self and i think a lot of it's been because of her and kind of getting me back to where i needed to be and uh man there's so many of them like how do you know that you pick the right one you could just you could have one a day every day for 50 years and still not even put a dent in the smallest city in South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's, it's pretty trippy mm-hmm. to think that you get I, married and you find that one. It's, it's nuts. It's funny how that works. Cause I, cause the thing is you can find a friend just, you know, and, 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 and like a dude that you, you, you hang out with the guy, you know, and you look up, you talk and the next thing you know, you look up at, dark outside and you love this guy and this guy's like a brother to you you hang out with him all the time you call him all the time and i'm sitting there going i find those i found a few of those i got i got a handful of those yeah you know i'm just trying to find a lady that's kind of like that you know i'm saying that somebody i can if i can't enjoy you when your panties are on yeah i don't i'm not really that interested in your panties coming off you know and that's that's how it is with me because it's like Get, people always act like it's, oh, it's really hard to get sex. No, it's not. Nah, <laughs> it's, it's not that hard at all. Not if you do it but right. It's hard to find somebody <laughs> that you can deal with. Yeah, I, I think that I've got lucky. And to be honest with you, me and my wife, um, we pretty much got together immediately. Now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that that she was catting or anything like that, but it was a quick connection, and quickly we made connections. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hey, we, well, <laughs> we moved in together. I was going to ask you. Yeah. yeah go ahead. How long you been? How long you been married? Okay, so been married uh, since twenty uh, twenty third. Okay, Let's see. So I got married the tenth year anniversary that I got shot. So that's three years, four years. So to twenty thirteen. So four years now we've been married. Now we've been together since two thousand and nine. So almost ten years. Mm-hmm. Jesus. What the fuck is going that on? That is good. Can you hear these babies hollering is, in my that, house? Yes. <laughs> I know they're getting baby down. I saw man. the video. <laughs> I wasn't. He's got one I of his little right buddies. Before I called him, was laughing. He's got one of his little buddies over here, <laughs> that man. That was hilarious. Uh, but no, we've been together almost 10 years. And uh, when we first got together, man, we used to sit up mm-hmm. for hours. Uh, that first couple of weeks, we sit up for hours till five o'clock in the morning just talking we're both talkers so it's cool man we can Mm -hmm. sit down and have a conversation and you would be well you might not be surprised how many couples i've seen where it's like they don't even talk the same to each other like you see this dude that acts one way when he's at work or when he's out in public and then when he gets around his old lady he just shuts down he's just kind of this other fucking guy and i just i i can't do that I'm just as crazy in front of my wife as I am at work, as I am at the bowling alley, as I am at the swimming pool. Like I'm the same guy. 
And I think that's what you need and to find. I'm myself. Best. I'm myself 24-7. And if you can't be yourself in front of the person that you're married to, then you really have a mm-hmm. problem. And I don't see uh, your future being very, very fruitful. <laughs> Because yeah, that is that. I mean, because that because I I, I, I I listened to the uh, the one the, the one about what, the last one. Want your wife? And yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you guys seem you guys seem to get along. It's, 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 you just want to be able to to just you know just be your damn self. I just want to be myself with whoever I'm with. Because it's, it's like when those I, I, there was a girl that I lived with, and uh, that was pretty good. The girl after that was um was like one of those things where. You know, even though the one that, with the girl that I lived with didn't work out, the next one I was like, "Good lord, man!" It was like you would you would you would see the, the one I lived with was just herself, no matter what. The one after that one, she would be really nice on the phone, yeah, and then like mean towards me or vice versa. And I'm going, "Which the hell? Which one are you?" I don't know. <laughs> it's like I don't know which one. The one that's nice to me, I wouldn't mind living with that one at some point. The one that's me, I'm not coming home to that. You got you got enough problems when you walk out the house to begin with to come home and you got to pretend to be something or fight with somebody. Nobody needs that crap. That's why you know when you like you said when you find somebody that you can just be who you are. That's it. You don't mm-hmm. have to put on any fake anything. You don't have to pretend. You can just be yourself. That's the best thing in the world because you can relax and if you're being yourself. And she's being herself. When you start to evolve as human beings, it'll be a natural, smooth evolution to whatever you become next. If it's fake, it's going to be this choppy crap that's built on quicksand, and eventually yeah. something's going to sink. If you're real with somebody, there's no surprises. You know what I'm saying? Like this, the long and short. Yeah, right. If if you are 100% with somebody, you'll never be surprised. Um, I like now, that. I mean, it, it, it's the same thing with the art too, by the way. Yeah, it's I will say this. <laughs> we um picked our battles a lot the first uh 8 mm. year. Well, let's see. The first probably the first 6 years cuz the baby's been here for 2. And uh the the kid definitely added like a new level of not only us having learned to communicate with each other, but also like fighting I don't, I don't know fighting, arguing discussion whatever you want to call it is part of the relationship and if you're not doing that then you're not doing it right now you may go a long time without having serious ones but at the end of the day like there has to be moments where maybe you guys disagree and maybe you got to walk out the room and just go i don't fucking understand what you're talking about right now and then you got to go collect yourself and come back and go look this is how i feel this is what you did you know let's get let's figure this out and it if you can't do that, then you're also not going to, you know, have a good relationship. Like you have to be able to compromise. You have to be able to, to argue, but like arguing with your spouse is, is a, a fucking, it's like jujitsu, man. And I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for those couples that go like 40, 50 years. They're on a next level. <laughs> like I'm not there yet. <laughs> she still it's has like, moments. I'll, I'll go. I'll go a step further. It's like it's like jujitsu with someone who's been doing jujitsu against you all the time. 
<laughs> but it's like it's not a, it's, it's like is if you go to a different dojo, yeah, yeah. it's different moves. That person doesn't know any of your moves. <laughs> you go back to your dojo and you try that move. You're like, I know you're trying an armbar, jackass. Nice try. <laughs> the only upside is is I mean, my wife was married once before, so technically she came into a relationship with maybe a, a, a belt higher than me. But the cool thing is, <laughs> is when you get married, you both start at the white belt. You know what I'm saying? Like, so mm-hmm. you both learn mm-hmm. how to do this and how to do that. And we have our moments. And what's crazy, and, and this is another thing that I think has really helped our relationship. So if you're listening, relationship advice brought to you by Po Boys Podcast and what I would like to call a government mule. Uh, I'm a fan of the mule drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Burnett's Vodka. That's $6 for a fifth and uh, Cranberry Sprite. <laughs> the government mule. Make one today. Um, I think that when you're dealing with another person, you, you really have to break down some walls and sometimes it sucks. But if you don't do it, you're like we said, you're not being honest. You're really not. And it's going to cause problems later. You're going to pay for it eventually. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that one, well, the thing is, is well, the thing is, is like, is there, there's there's you, there's them, mm-hmm. and then there's that third thing that's created when you become one. It's like anything else. You, you know, Kool Aid is one. You got you got you you got this. It's like the drink you just mentioned. There's this. There's this. The cranberry. Then there's the drink. They both exist separately. When they mix together, there's cranberry in there, and there's the alcohol in there. But they're not just cranberry or just alcohol. There's now this new third thing that exists. It's us. And you got to realize what mix what, what the uh, mixture needs to be. If you put too much cranberry in, and you know it's wrong. You put too much alcohol in, it's wrong. But once you get the mix right, same thing in relationships. You know, you know what you what you're good at. She knows what she's good at. You know where you're strong. You know where she's strong, and you basically build on that. Because uh, other than that, because and by the way, you probably you're at ten years now in a relationship. So in the, using the uh, jujitsu uh, uh, comparison, you both have purple belts now. We're about purple belts. We 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 have it down to a sign. Now let me tell you one thing that has been a rule in our relationship from the start. And if you want to hang on to this one, you're more than welcome to, because I think you being a comedian uh, will probably help you a whole lot. And we got this out the gate day one when I I talked to her. I said, listen. Sometimes I say crazy shit. I said, but what you need to understand is I am never, ever going to put you in a compromise situation. I'm never going to hurt you and I'm never going to try to hurt your feelings. I said, but if I say I'm going to drop kick you in the fucking tits, you know, like you need to understand I'm not going to do that, but that's my way of venting. And you know what? If you'd like to join, you can damn well do it. So there are days where she's like, God, I want to stab you in the fucking head. And I was like, I swear to God, I'll hit you with a shoe and give you a fucking concussion. Like, but we never call names. That's one thing we've been very, very, very careful with. Like uh, almost 10 years. I've never called my wife a bitch, like out of anger, like standing, you fucking bitch. Like this never happened. We're on the same team. And as long as you understand that you're good. You can you mm-hmm. can release, you can say crazy shit, but at the end of the day, you say, listen, I'm sorry, you know, shit was crazy, we good, and then we good, and we move on. So that's that's a big piece of it, and if you can't do that, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had that conversation with people before, with ladies before, because it's like, I, I even tell them, I said, listen, I'm not going to call you any names. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell and I'm not gonna scream. I don't hit people that don't hit me. And if you're a woman, I won't still won't hit you. I'll just leave. So that's never gonna be had. That's never gonna happen. Right. I'm not gonna cheat on you. I'm not gonna do any of those things. All I ask you to do is show me respect. Because if you can't respect me, because I, I I come as a default, no matter who you are, as a default, I'm going to give you respect because you exist. Yeah. You're a human being. I'm going to give you the respect. I don't care if you're some CEO or something like that. I don't care if you're some dude asking me for a quarter outside of the donut shop. I'm going to give you respect because you exist. All I ask is the same thing in return. And so, and that's why some of the relationships, some of the relationships just kind of ran their course. You know, you were too young. You weren't really right for each other, but you like having sex with each other. You know, or you were friends that occasionally jumped on top of each other, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. But a couple of them, uh, you know, I was always respectful. And, and I never like I said, and they would, they would say things to me and I wouldn't return and they got worse because I wouldn't return fire. <laughs> you know, sometimes when the person is unloading on you, they expect that response back oh, yeah. and I wouldn't give. And uh, I, I just, I just, I, I learned a long time ago, probably right around when I was your age, you know, not that I'm, you know, I'm sounding like an old guy again, but, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, I learned in my late twenties, early thirties is like, I, I just, just respect everybody and, and don't have anyone around that doesn't respect you. Same thing in relationships. I, when I eventually do uh, settle down and get married, uh, if I decide to do that, I'm just going to have someone around me who I just love being with them and, and someone who respects me and respects what I do. Because this is really difficult to do, like to be a comic or if you're a traveling salesperson yeah. or if your podcast turns into some really big deal – because when that happens, I hope that happens for both of us, it turns into like a really big deal. All of a sudden, you know how difficult it is to do a podcast every week. Oh, my God. Okay, I've actually, now imagine, oh, man. But now imagine now if all of a sudden you got sponsored, right? And now you got now you got 300,000 people listening, right? And now you really have to, you know, take care of business. Well, you kind of, the person who's with you has got to kind of understand that. Now, you gotta understand that. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. My wife will keep it one hundred percent. As if there's money involved, uh, she'll mm-hmm. be okay with the podcast. The problem is, is now there is no money involved. Now, oddly enough, I may have a sponsor, kinda that's working out now, and I'll probably mm-hmm. tag that somewhere on the front of the back of this. But uh, they're gonna give me money. But it's nice to have somebody send me some free shit and go, hey. These guys sent me some free shit. Why don't you check out their website? That's that's cool. Like just a fun part of it, you know. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of it. It really is. It's the beginning of it because everybody that I've seen that has turned into what I would like to become at some point, what you would like to become at some point in the podcasting world, it started off. They did this thing for a long period of time. Oh yeah, and they were just doing it because they loved it. And they weren't making any money, or it was costing them money, but it didn't matter because it's like you could just it could just as simply be as buying a guitar for yourself. Because like, look, I like playing guitar. You know how much guitars cost, right? <laughs> so you know, yeah, they're not cheap. And yeah, so you put the money into that, and you love playing it. And then all of a sudden, very you start noticing these things start to happen. You know, it's the same thing with stand up. You do the jokes, you weren't making any money, you're going to open mic nights, and all of a sudden, someone gives you 50 bucks. And you say, what Wow, the f- What? I used to do this <laughs> shit for free. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time, I didn't even know I was getting paid for the gig. I thought I was just hanging out with the... I was a kid. 
So I go on stage and do my thing, and the guy literally walks up to me and gives me the they get they have like a comedy club owner handshake yeah, yeah. where they shake your hand with the money's in the hand, right? It's the drug like, oh, the drug man, dealer handshake. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me this handshake. I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get 20 bucks. This is great. Opened up my hand. It was $75. Oh, man. I'd have, hugged going, him. I'd have hugged him right on stage. Oh, like, Come here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. So eventually, you know, uh, like I said, the, the, the spouse or the girlfriend or the boyfriend, because obviously ladies are listening to this too, whoever you're with. You know, you got they gotta they gotta understand what you're doing. It, it's, it's it's great because it, it, what, what you what you earlier said was you're part of a team, and that's really what it is. Uh, you know, you're part of a team. Your 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 team your you know your team is to have a good life, raise your kid, you know, and 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 build something. And if you're both on the same wavelength, man, that's a, that's a, that's like having a good car ride in the summertime with good music on the radio. It's just really smooth, and you can enjoy. You know the the air blowing through your hair and all that kind of stuff. It's just a fun thing to do, and uh, I look forward to that. I look forward to to finding someone who I'm as compatible with as you are with your wife. You know. It's then like, again, if I have a little blonde kid, I'm gonna be a little suspicious. You should probably ask a couple questions. I'm just I'm saying. like, hold on, we both black. What the hell is this? But no. hold on, <laughs> hold on. This don't add up. It don't add up. You got some explaining to do. Shit. Man, yeah, I'm swabbing your mouth with no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I tell you what, I uh, I've listened to a few episodes of your show, man, and I remember I caught one early on, and that's one of the reasons I was kind of touchy with the language because now this we don't have to get into it unless you really want to. But I thought I heard an episode where, as a young mm-hmm. comic traveling, did you or did you not uh, explain to somebody that you weren't too big on the cursing and then the person went ahead and challenged your authority on that. I believe he was riding with you and you left his ass at a comedy club. Uh, I, I, that happened to me when I was very young in the business <laughs> because the, see, the first, the first club I worked hated cursing. Yeah. yeah. Hated it. Some of them are like that. And, man. uh, and I was working that club and I went to the other club and they didn't give a damn. Right. So I was still kind of in that mind. Yeah, there we go. I think I figured out the problem and I feel like an asshole because I let this go on way too long and I've been sitting here uh, watching it cut in and out. Uh, I had my video on. So you've been sitting here staring mm-hmm. at me just sitting here and uh, that fucks up the uh, the thing. So I turned oh, it yeah, off. The bandwidth. Yeah. yeah. Net neutrality, goddammit. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> okay, all right. So I'll go back to what I was saying when we got cut off. So I said you fucking the guy. I thought the story went that you know you explained to him that they weren't big on it, you weren't big on it, and hey man, just don't do that. And then either in your presence or in your car or something, he just went off on one, and you were like, "All right, motherfucker," <laughs> you just left him there just to prove a point. And I said, "Well." I don't want you to hang up on me when I go. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so far past that now. Rough I thought language, so. I yeah, I really language. thought so. It doesn't bother me. It's like, like I said, I use it. So you know, that was that was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just funny. After a while, I was like, eh. I mean, if, 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 I'll be honest with you. Uh, like, because when you said you, you when you said that um that you 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 were uh, didn't know if I was comfortable with cursing, I was laughing. Yeah, yeah, because because uh, <laughs> I know what I sound like, uh, but but uh, it's just that uh, uh you know uh, I I was 
I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't understand podcasting at the time. But but uh, what I was referring to when I was talking about that other comic was that sometimes people will come to you and tell you don't curse, or they'll come to you and say don't do a lot of crowd work, or they'll come to you and that kind of thing. So I, I was in that I was in that mindset where I had a lot of comics telling me not to curse, but I really didn't curse that much. And there were comics that said don't do crowd work, and one guy said, uh, I do crowd work. Tell that kid over, and then no, I was standing there. Tell that kid over there not to do any crowd work, okay? And, really? Um, I did 30 minutes of crowd work, and then he was upset. And I said, fuck you. That's why. <laughs> he could have come up to me like a man and talked to me, but he tried to get me in trouble. So, you know, but other than that, uh, cursing doesn't bother me at all. I'd not at all. If you, heard, if you heard my friends talk, you would know it doesn't bother me. That's some bitch shit. I probably would have thrown a bottle at his head. Hey, man. Why don't you why don't you say something to me? I'm standing right here. You can't you can't talk to me. What the hell, bro? <laughs> I've always well, been, I, I, I'm that kind of a person, I, man. I don't <laughs> listen. I will tell you straight to your face. I ain't gonna stab you in the back. I'm gonna stab you right in your damn chest. <laughs> Just I want to see the look on your face. Want to do it? That's the way I am. That's the way I I will respect you like a son bitch if you come to me and just be like, you know what? I don't like what you do. Uh, all right then, cool. <laughs> that's I, I I I definitely had to talk with him. I definitely had to talk with him because it's like because the thing is is that it, it this is one of the things uh, uh, that happens sometimes and uh, is like sometimes a comic will work someplace and they want the spot that you're getting yeah and sometimes they'll give a bad report on you that isn't deserved and uh, <laughs> you know and I as a rule and and I don't know if you're going to do any more stand up uh, but if you do I would suggest um. Record everything. Yeah. I've got two out of three. So I mean I've done it three times. I'm not even what I would say trying at this point. And I'm it saddens me, but man, I just I'm an obsessive person. I always have been. I have a very addictive personality. And uh I just I feel like just the little bit that I've done and even the podcast sometimes will cause a little bit of friction. And it's just because now's not a good time, man. I just can't. So I do what I can. I do the podcast. I'll try to get out when I can. And when I go out, I try to make sure I'm prepared and and do it at least in my mind a decent job. But uh, yeah, man, I love it. I really do. And uh, it's crazy because like you were saying, podcasts can be about all kinds of things. And I've got this thing that I'm working on right now. Um, so you've been a comic for 30 years. Um Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of a comedian named Mike Warnke from the 80s and 90s? What? Like a Christian comedian? Oh, truth be told, uh, at that point, that was my, uh, that was right around my dirty period. So if you were doing squeaky clean comic, I completely ignored you, but go ahead. So I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do probably a whole episode on this guy. Basically, what happened is so, um, both of his parents died. Right. Ooh. Very young, like nine and 12 mm-hmm. at his age when like his mom died when he was nine, his dad died when he was 12. I know deep in my heart of hearts, I've dealt with a lot of crazy shit in my life and I know how I've responded to that. I've seen a lot of crazy shit and, and psychologically what that can do to a person. I think losing both of your parents before you're 13 will fuck your brain up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. With, this guy did um he went to vietnam in the 60s and in the 70s he became a comedian but like a squeaky clean born again christian comedian 
Okay. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of that going on. Now you had evangelists like the what uh, Tammy Faye Baker and all them motherfuckers mm-hmm. and all that stuff that was going on. So it was kind of a hot ticket. So this dude jumped on the bandwagon, told about all this stuff that he had done, you know, being shot up in Vietnam. And then he got onto this thing about um, at some point being a drug addict and like a Satan, like a devil worshiper. Right. Before he got saved. He wrote a book about it, about Satanism and the occult and crazy shit that, you know, was going on in like the 70s and 80s. And, uh, dude, he became like the authority on Satanism. All the stuff he, you know, got famous as shit. He was traveling across the country to these churches. And in the night, like 1990 or 91, somebody called him out on some of his stories. And they were like, you know, some of this shit doesn't quite add up so could you maybe tell me a little more about these things that you did and then come to find out like 90 percent of it was bullshit right (laughs) (laughs) this man had traveled across country for 15 20 years uh churches taking donations uh he was contacted by members of the fbi the dea like at He's basically responsible. Do you remember the '90s when everybody was crazy about devil worship and shit? And yeah, listening to records backwards to hear subliminal messages. <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's all because of this guy. Okay, it's like the the Halloween candy. You know, they put poison in the Halloween candy. It never happened ever, right? Like yeah. it's never mm-hmm. happened. So in this situation. The devil worshiping shit about, oh, people are going to kidnap your children and cut their fucking skin off their head and drink their blood and all that shit never happened ever. But the whole reason it became a thing was because of the book that this fucking dude wrote. So he's the reason for backward masking back in the day. All of it. <laughs> so fall from grace in 1990 he got called out and basically they defrauded him so he got hated from you know christians fuck it like he had so many people that were pissed off at him for lying and you know the thing is in this day and age man there are comedians that have lied about some pretty crazy shit and they're getting back on track now like carlos mm-hmm. mencia uh you know that whole thing fucking steve ranazizi do you know who that is you run as easy? Yeah, the uh, comic guy. You know him? As oh, uh, uh, Aziz and sorry. No, no, no. Steve, uh, Steve Aranazizi. He's a white dude no. that was on a show called The League. Um, he's a comic who I guess is probably a 10, 15 year comic now. Mm-hmm. Um, he lied about being involved in 9-11 like he oh the whole reason that he came up and i don't want to say the whole reason because he's a funny guy okay so let's not just totally shit on him but a big part of his act was you know storytelling involved with being involved with 9-11 like i was right there at ground zero when the shit happened the truth be told, he wasn't far from there, but he definitely was not there. And that kind of came out later. You know, he lost a few fans, lost his show. And then basically now he just gets made fun of sometimes. Like he's a good comic and he bounced back from that. But this fucking guy did it in the 90s and he did it to Christians. 
and uh. stole money. You know, these, he was a millionaire in the 90s. And so he, for the last 30 years, man, like there are still people on his YouTube videos now that are just, you fucking piece <laughs> of shit. I hope you rot in hell, you dirty bastard. He was one of the first comedy tapes I ever saw. So he's literally my, one of my comic like icons, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that video till like 1994 or five. So it was way after all that shit even happened. I had to become an adult and go, I wonder what happened to that fucking guy and look him up and found out all this stuff. Right. Oh my goodness. He's, that is a damn movie, man. He's a social pariah. He's laid low. He's 70 now. Right. Mm-hmm. I fucking emailed his people and I'm going to get an interview with him. Well, I know one thing that that interview is going to be like seven hours long, buddy. It's 10 minutes. I don't even know what to say. Like it's been bugging me for three damn days. Like I, I it's what? Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> like wait, 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 wait. How much time is he going to give you? Ten minutes. He's, he he says oh he says I have ten minutes for you. He could have said I got nothing. He said I give yeah, you ten no, minutes. No, 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 what I'm saying is so that, is that I'm, I'm excited. I, you but may at the same end time, up getting more than you think, though. Oh man, I don't even know how to approach it. Like I'm thinking, I, it's going to be an episode, you know, back to to bring it full circle. It's to do whatever you want. So I think I'm going to do an expose on this guy and just go through it and then close with his interview. But I can't even believe through the the power of podcasting and the internet, I've managed to track down this person who is basically one of my heroes. And uh, I can give a fuck what he did. I didn't know all that shit. He he turned me on to stand up comedy at times in my life when I was real real bad off. You know, there were things that took me out of those situations and made me laugh and taught me how to turn a joke. Say what you will, the guy's comedy is pretty good considering it's from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say one thing: if he's a social pariah and we know that he is, and he's been been basically kicked in the ass by society. It will probably be a wonderful thing for him to hear that there's somebody who we affected positively yeah. and someone who likes his work. So I'm pretty sure I have a good feeling and I would bet money that your 10 minute interview is going to be a little longer than that. I hope so. I really do. I, I, I hope I, I can I, get I, him I bet going. You get a half an hour. I bet it's a half an hour interview. I think it's going to be really cool. And it's. Dude, I've lost some heroes this year just alone. Like people that oh, I know it geez. sounds right, stupid. Yeah. I know it sounds kind of dumb just to think, but man, there's been some situations that I've needed help and I've turned to music, comedy and stuff like that. And I kind of mm. always thought that maybe one day, you know, I would get that opportunity to shake their hand, to look them in the face and say, "Hey man, I appreciate you." <laughs> like you don't know, you don't know why. And I can't explain it, but just know I'm happy that you're a person on this earth because you helped me out. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this year, I, uh, Chris Cornell, he's a musician, far fetched, yeah, probably would yeah, probably would have never fucking you know had an opportunity. But if I would have got it, it would have meant mm-hmm. so much, and that opportunity went away. Ralphie May, gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That that wouldn't want to surprise for me. It was Prince. Prince, uh, there's so many people, and yeah. I just with this guy, I said if I can reach him, I've got to try, and it worked out. So yay! It's just yeah, crazy. It, yeah, it, it's just. I mean, because the thing is, that's the kind of life that's so damn fascinating, right? <laughs> that you literally 
I mean, this this guy is a walking movie. He is a walking miniseries. You know, he's a, you know, obviously you already he already did the book. He already did the book. But I mean, this this is going to be something that, you know, just the simple fact that you get an opportunity to meet someone that means that much to you, and you're going to get an opportunity to have this connection to talk with that person, even if you didn't even work recording, if you just got to talk to this, if you ran into him at a damn diner and got to talk to him for 12 minutes, you would have loved that. It's one of those things where I'm excited, but at the same time, like, I don't really know what to do. Like, I'm going to try to just to speak with the dude, but the way I say it, it's been on my mind a lot the last couple of days. This guy got popped in 1991. That was when the the expose on his whole shit came out and when he had his fall from grace, right? Mm-hmm. It's been almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. Almost. Have he, has he done any kind of interviews? I mean, he just basically just disappeared, correct? He's, he's done a few, and he stands by some of his story still to this mm-hmm. day, and I don't think I'm going to talk to him about that. I don't even care at this point, you know? Dude, 30 years? There are people that go to prison for murder that get out in 15. You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude went Mm -hmm. 30 years of, you motherfucker, I hope you die. (laughs) Like, just that kind of shit. Along with people that probably were giving him good feedback. But, I don't know, man. It was crazy. Well, Well, think about this, though. Now, keep in mind, that's the 90s and the 80s and the 90s. Imagine if the same thing were to happen to him now. It'd be over in a flash. Like I said, with the Steve yeah, Ranazizi or the Carlos Mencia, it's because information traveled so slow back then mm-hmm. that that was when the rumor mill was still good. That was when the, the rumors like, you know, Richard Gere is gay and likes gerbils in his ass and, and Rod Stewart swallowed a bunch of jizz. Like that was when those kind of rumors would come out and <laughs> yeah, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, you had to look, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers was a Marine sniper. You know, it's, there's crazy rumors from back then that even now mm-hmm. people I'm sure type in to go, Oh, that's not true. Shit. <laughs> so that sucks for him. You know, like he definitely, mm-hmm. he was just before his time. Um, and I think that's, it's just going to be me probably kissing his ass for 15 minutes. I, I have a feeling. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is you've done, you've done research and you have a lot of information, uh, to, to build your show around, but, but, but to really think about it. Like I said, it's just the simple fact that you have an opportunity to meet somebody who had such a positive impact on you that all this time later, now that you get an opportunity to meet this cat. I mean, you're not even talking to him yet, and I can hear in your voice that you're already excited about it. Yeah. You're looking forward to it. You're probably looking at the damn calendar, with, you know, like counting, checking the days off till it happens. You know, I'm actually, I'm very happy for you because that happened to me one time, a few times when I actually got to meet like Richard Pryor. He was already sick, but at least I got to be in the same place with him and wave to him, you know, and it was just a wave and he, he nodded at me. And, 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 and that, that doesn't seem like much. It meant a lot to me. You know, and so, you know, you, you're, you're having this moment where you're going to get an opportunity to, you know, to meet somebody that had a positive impact. That's always good to meet somebody that has a positive impact. And you get an opportunity to you may you may brighten this cat today. You don't know. You may talk to this guy and he might he might just go, you know, what, I, I, you know what, David, I like you. Thank you for saying what you said. You know what? I'm, I want to share some stuff with you. And you may turn it. This may turn into a show where you got a, a three hour podcast off of it because of uh that's just somebody at my house walking down the steps, by the way. 
Man, did you hear that baby crying in the background while you were talking? Oh, no, the, the person who was stomping down the steps was so loud that I couldn't, but I figured that's what it was. Well, the the thing is, um, like, we've got other folks over here, and they have a two-year-old, too. And I, no. <laughs> I, there's other kids in there, so I thought everything was cool, but it sounded like somebody knocked something over, and then a baby started hollering. I was like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you watch the baby for an hour? Can you watch the baby for an hour? Help me, please. Shit. <laughs> no, man. And that's, I, you got to uh, wave at Richard Pryor. That's pretty cool. I love Richard Pryor. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah it, it was just really cool. I mean, I got to meet a lot of my uh, heroes. Some I was, you know, I mean, in, 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 you know, it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And I'll, I'll probably meet some more later on. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking that uh, it's just, it's like a, a, a really cool thing to, uh, have an opportunity to talk to the cats that you really that really mean something to you, you know. And uh, I'm telling you now, I'm I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm I'm looking for. I'm I'm pretty sure that interview is going to be unless the guy is angry and pissed off oh, and I bitter. Hope not. You're going to get more than ten minutes. You're, oh, you're going to get more than ten hope minutes. Not. I hope that it doesn't suck. That's been one thing that has hit me. Because here's the thing, as Anthony Thomas, in mm-hmm. your lifetime, I bet you've met some liars. <laughs> yeah. Some real deal, dated some of convoluted, <laughs> delusional, crazy storytelling liars. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually you kind of pick up a, you know, you can tell when somebody's fucking with you. Usually, there some people mm-hmm. are really good at it, but uh, usually, I mean, I can smell bullshit pretty well because I ask mm-hmm. questions. You know what I mean? I'm gonna say, well, what about this? Why is this? Okay. Well, what about this? I'm not. I'm not worried about. <laughs> you know, you better be ready for a line of questions. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I hope that it's not bad. Like, I hope that he's not just off-putting and all that shit. Because that wouldn't be cool. I want to try to make a nice thing about you know, man. It's been thirty years. Give the guy a fucking break. Like that's kind of the the point. I think I'm going to take on it. Like do a a setup, play some of his stuff, explain the story, and then close with the interview and be like, you decide. This is how I feel about it. I feel like comedically, the guy had good timing. He wrote good material, and I can tell now as from watching comedy and maybe trying a little what it takes to construct a good set a bit mm-hmm. you know and to put it together and i hear good comedy writing call it what you will you know i'm sorry mm-hmm. that he did some shady shit and yeah that's messed up that he tricked a bunch of christians and giving him a bunch of money but i bet some of those people had good times you know some of them came to to church and i'm not really a believer so it, i don't know like how good that would have affected somebody but hopefully it's for the better and then they got their shit together got their life together and yeah you have positively affected somebody yeah i mean it, it, yeah because I, I i i just got a kick out of those uh those scandals back in the day baker jim baker and tammy Faye and all of these guys and uh was it uh, was, i have sinned against you you know all that kind of stuff and <laughs> i think because uh i would i would watch and I, as you just described, my bullshit meter is so sensitive. Oh yeah, that if I smell any of it, it's like, ah, we're done here. 
from, from you know, 100 yards, man. <laughs> you better look me in the eye when you talk that bullshit because I'll call you on that. You know, why can't you look me in my face when you say that you got a Maserati at the house? Look me in my eye. <laughs> Motherfucker, <laughs> I just, I just, I just said, and I'm at the point now where, like before, when I was younger, if somebody would bullshit, I had to shut them down. Look, man, you bullshit, get the fuck out. As an older person, I'm sitting back and just enjoying the performance. Yeah, some people are good at it. Some people are really good, and you got to give them that. You got to go. You know what? You lie well. I can't even blame you. Fuck, you convinced all these other people. Maybe you're just good at it. Shit. Uh, I had I had a couple I had one girlfriend who was lying so much I was like I'm not even gonna break up with her. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy this for like three more months because this is complete horseshit and I'm watching it and then I let her break up with me and I I just didn't care I was like look you know it is what it is and it's like uh you know when you have friends that like you have friends that lie and it's harmless stuff. You know, because it's all levels. You know, I mean, if you you give certain people a certain amount of trust based on how how they act. You know, if you know, I know guy friends that I had back in the day that you could trust them with your social security number, but you would not leave your girlfriend with them. <laughs> hey, uh, right? And, my, and, and there were guys that would never touch your girlfriend, would never steal anything out of your house, would never do it. But they would take a five out of your wallet. They would not take all of it. They take a five, and and of course I got rid of all of these people. But it's just, it's all it's all it's all levels, you know. And um, you know, but when you get to the point where, because and this is the part that I was thinking about, he was BSing at so, and then it blew up. Yeah. And now once once it blows up, you kind of got to keep those balls in the air, you know, you, you know, or either go look, I was bullshitting, or try to stir it into something else. But once it blows up and everybody's staring at you. It's over. You're done. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, and uh thousands you know, you just get caught up in this tidal wave. Thousands of people that he went to their church. Like he was a traveling evangelist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was flying in a private jet to churches and doing his his bits and, you know, talking about crazy shit. It's just man, that's so nuts. <laughs> You were talking about uh, your friends. I got an old mechanic that told me one time. He said, "Never let your best friend borrow your car or your girlfriend." He said, "Cause he'll blow, <laughs> he'll throw a rod in it." <laughs> yeah, you damn right. <laughs> I, I, man, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it, and I've been on the other side of it, uh, where you know you have like it was a guy I liked, and. It was a girl at a bar. I didn't know she was with him. And he wasn't a friend of mine, but I liked him. Right. And I was about to move in on this lady. And then I walk out. I leave the room. I come back. And he moved in. He was standing all up on. I was like, wow. He moves quick. Quick. Like she was bummer. like handing me phone the phone number. And I'm like, she didn't know I knew him. So I come back. And I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. And I'm going, ah. <laughs> you know, she was awesome. his girlfriend for like six months. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know. I was like, you know, I was, that was the last time I had my BS detector turned off. Now it's on all the time. It's ready to come on whenever somebody enters the room. It's on high alert, man. I got no time for Damn bullshit. Right. Well, man, <laughs> I got a crowd full of people, I think, gathered in my living room. I'm going to go tell them bye. And, uh, man, it's been a pleasure. We've been talking for an hour and a half, bro. It goes quick. <laughs> yes, indeed. Time Listen, goes by when you're having fun, my brother. I want you to plug and uh, let everybody know where to find you. And, uh, yeah, we'll get the hell out of here. Well, folks, uh, I'm, of course, that's Anthony Thomas. 
host of the S. Anthony Says podcast. And the damn things everywhere, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. Basically, like I say to people, all you got to do is Google my name, S. Anthony Thomas, or Google S. Anthony Says, and you will find me, and you will listen, and you will love it, and you will subscribe, damn it. It's a great show, and it's just sultry, sensual tones through your ear holes. Make you feel good while you're driving down the road. Trust well, thank me. you. Trust me, I know. <laughs> now, sir, since you are my guest, I would like to take your custom and let you take us out. Would you, would you like to send us out, Mr. S. Anthony Thomas? Would you want me to go out the way I go out on my show? That's what I want. Hit it. Okay. Hit me. On the count of three, S. Anthony out. All righty. And so that was S. Anthony Thomas, the high priest and king of the bastard army. And I highly recommend you give him a shot if you enjoy comedic efforts and, and funny stories and rants. Definitely give him a look over at the S. Anthony Says podcast. Uh, I get through him on Twitter. So if that's where you go, that's where you go. Um, Yeah, man. It's good to be back. It's been a few weeks since I've actually recorded with somebody live, and I'm, I'm happy about that. So we got some stuff in the work as you heard me speak about earlier i got my eye on a on a special episode that i'm gonna have to work on i don't know when it's gonna come out but it's gonna be a lot of fun yay i'd like to give a couple shout outs i don't normally do that but today's a good day uh shout out to my main man b rob down at houston texas with the random ramblings with rob show good buddy fellow podcaster celebrating his 100th his 100th episode today so that's pretty awesome and um, give him some shout outs hey man good job keep it moving also uh got a little thing working now that i guess i can go ahead and talk about uh former guest to the po boys podcast mr tony rager host of the God Shaped Mommy Hole has invited me to come and be uh, on his show. We're going to co-host, hopefully, and see what happens with that. We're going to hopefully start that up next Saturday. And I believe it's going to be a YouTube, like a live show. So y'all can check that out. I'll post the links. Um, he's actually working on some, uh, some sponsorship, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to tell you about our fine sponsor here at the po boys podcast <laughs> now um you know we're doing it just for for some samples right now and i haven't got to try this stuff but the some folks over at what is it it's pandavapes.com pandavapes.com for your panda vape no not your panda vape look it's a place out in cali they make uh vaporizer juice you know, for your vapor stick, your robo dicks, your your dabbers, your fucking battery operated nicotine apparatuses. I guess we can admit now that nobody thinks smoking is cool anymore. So I guess we're moving on. But these folks have uh, put together a few fun flavors. I haven't got to try them yet, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, I will occasionally uh, use the vaporizer, but uh, I'm trying not to do it for the microphone so I don't sound like an asshole. Uh, 
<laughs> supposed to be two flavors. They got Panda's Breath, Lotus Petal. Uh, Lotus Petal apparently is a combination of orange, peach, and kiwi, which sounds delicious. Um, Panda's Breath, I believe, is more of a melon, so it's cantaloupe, honeydew melon, you know, just a nice fruity, all-in-your-mouth hole. They've got uh, several options as far as bottle size. they got 30, 60, and 120 milliliter bottles. You can get them starting at $17.99, but if you use the promo code POBOYS501, I'm going to give you 15% off on that vaporizer juice. And you can try it. Let us know what you think. Hey, man. I'll try anything for free. You know what I'm saying? Send me some juice. I'll let you know what the shit tastes like. And maybe these commercials will get a little better. So shout out to them. That's pandavape.com. Guys, we did it. We made it to the end. Yay. I appreciate you listening to the show. And if you want to get at me, Twitter's where you get me, at JodyB501, at Pod for the show. And, uh, yeah, man, I hope you motherfuckers have a great weekend. Send some love to S. Anthony Thomas. Send some love to B-Rob. And let's all try to have a good week. Christmas is coming. It's going to be glorious. But until next week. I'm Jody B, and I'll catch y'all until until next week. I'm Jody B. Duh. Fuck it. Hey, take it easy, guys.
shit on my car. Hey, shit on my real shit, sound like the stuff. Hey, shit on the bus and revive the park. Hey, shit on the ball, who you think you are? Hey, shit on my bitch, man, shit on my wrist. Hey, shit on your whip, man, shit on your bitch. Hey, hating on me, cause the shit I do, I'm shitting on you like me you. Hey, who said niggas talking shit about me? Be laying in the bed with two IV. Shit, and I be laying in the bed getting hair for your bitch, like GAD. Shit, this shit on us, no shit on them. Help you out, shit, you ain't my bitch, shit, you ain't my shit. He got no shit, quit no shit, shit, ain't your bitch. I shit on my doo-doo, I boo-boo, I boo-boo, I shit on my doo-doo.